Welcome back, everyone, to episode two of the Valkyrie Cast, a podcast about movies, TV, and video games. I'm your host, Matt. Today, joining me are my co-hosts. First off, we've got the man who wore a Legend of Zelda beanie his entire freshman year of college. We have Drew. Hello, everyone. Next up, our other co-host, the man who would juggle Krambits before every match of CSGO. We've got Tommy. (laughs) What's up, guys? Alright, we are back for the second episode, and this is an exciting topic today. First off, before we get into our topic of the day, we've got some news. Some's really exciting, some's just really, really sad, and others is just interesting. So, jumping straight into our news. First off, last week we had a Nintendo Direct... And this Nintendo Direct was 100% Pokemon-focused. And um, I was a little disappointed because it was only about 10 minutes long. Um, I only caught the ending of it. Tommy, didn't you catch a little bit of it? Oh, yeah. I I watched the whole thing. Okay, so you saw it. So was it about 10 minutes long? Am I right on that? Yeah, I think it was like 8 or 9 minutes in total. Okay, and I guess guess that's good in the sense of, you know, when we have these big hour-long conferences or you've got like... Apple just did their uh, their big keynote for the developers, and it's like two hours long. I guess it's nice every once in a while to get something that's short and sweet and to the point. And um, they announced three things. Uh, the first thing is they are bringing Pokemon to the Nintendo Switch. But it's not quite exactly the Pokemon we were wanting. We are getting Pokemon Tournament, which is the Pokemon Tekken-style tournament game, which, I mean, it looks really fun, but, you know... When I hear Pokemon for the Switch, I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of hoping for like a full-fledged Pokemon game. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I. But I'll be honest though, I played Pokemon uh, when it came out on my buddy's Wii U, and it is really fun. Really? Okay. Well, maybe I'll have to give it a try. And when I get a Switch, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll probably pick it up because it's a Pokemon fighting game, and that sounds awesome. But um, I didn't get to look at the many of the Pokemon in. I know they've got everything from Pikachu to Mewtwo and like Charizard and some of that, but um, how big is the roster on those games? Do you really know, Tommy? Yeah, I I don't know if this is a sequel or just an update to the one that's already out. I know the one that originally launched for the Wii U a little over a year ago um, had kind of a disappointing lineup uh, just in, in, in terms of numbers and how many Pokemon are, you know, quote unquote, out there in the world. Uh, I mean, there's so many Pokemon, and there was under 20 in this game, if I remember correctly. Um, and so it was really fun, but it could get really repetitive and kind of drawn out in, you know, not not such a short amount of time. Right, so it's, it's probably got, you know, a typical fighting game amount of characters in it. Um, if I had to guess, and, and I, I didn't get a chance to look into details, and I don't know if all the details are out, it's this is probably kind of what they did with Mario Kart, where it's the game from the Wii U with all the DLC included. So there's probably some more characters included that wasn't didn't ha- wasn't there when it launched. So we'll have to see whenever it comes out, and we will we might learn more from the Nintendo conference at E3. So maybe that'll be something we'll be talking about next week. You never know. Are they actually doing a conference this year? I know the last few years they've just done like a Nintendo Direct and like yeah, it's just well, been a little. I, I 
they're on the schedule now that it may be a Nintendo Direct. It may be they're doing their own separate thing just the week of E3. But I know when I was looking at the schedule that they are on the schedule for Monday or Tuesday. I think, I believe it was Monday, which is the the biggest, the bulk of E3 is happening Monday. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is happening Sunday as well. So we'll have to see about that. The other two games that were announced... Um, we are getting a new Pokemon game, but once again, it's a little different. Is we're getting Pokemon Ultra Sun and Pokemon Ultra Moon. So, a lot of people were expecting this to be the kind of combined versions. The uh, the fans on the internet had dubbed it Pokemon Stars, um, and that's that's not what we got. And you know, honestly, I've noticed that they Pokemon they the Pokemon company seem to be getting away with that, like getting further away from that. They haven't done this, the third version like that in a long time. We we used to get, back in the day, we'd get Pokemon Red and Blue, and then we got Yellow, which was kind of a unique combined version. And then we had Gold and Silver, and then we got Crystal, which was another combined service uh, version. And we had that for the first four or five generations. Um, I think the fifth generation was the first time they didn't do that. And then with X and Y, uh, we never got a Z. And then so I think a lot of people were expecting them to come back and do this, you know, combine. And we're getting two separate versions. And I think there's not a lot of information. All we know is there's going to be new story elements. And so what that means is we won't don't really know right now. Um, I haven't got a chance to play Sun and Moon yet. I just haven't bought it yet. Tommy, have you played that version? Yeah, I was one of those guys uh, at midnight buying both copies, uh, one nice. for yeah, my wife were. and one for myself. Yeah, I even got the poster. I got that uh, <laughs> that little poster that they said was only for the people who, like me, bought both, and then they just handed it out. like uh, They just gave it to everyone. Yeah, just like, <laughs> you know, every guy's like, can I at least get two? I, I paid for both, but... um. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm kind of excited for Ultra. Um, I bought a Rebecca and I kind of fought over um, Moon, to be honest. And, really? Uh, yeah, and and uh, so she, you know, I obviously she won. Um, right. So she that has means moon. you can get Ultra Moon and she can and, get exactly. Ultra Sun. And that's so. The, so for me, I like it because I really wanted both because i wanted to i wanted to get the legendary from both games um but i didn't really want to replay the same storyline with just a slight variation i don't know i mean when i was mm-hmm. seven and i had red and blue like I, I didn't care it blew my mind i used to play that on car rides all day long it didn't oh, yeah. b- bother me but i have such limited time i don't really want to replay like the same storyline just to grab a few other pokemon so uh, I think the Ultra Moon is is kind of a or an Ultra Sun is kind of a is a cool new take, but uh, I hadn't really thought before about the fact that we're not getting a a yellow or a crystal version. And now that you say it out loud, Matt, I'm I'm a little sad. Oh yeah, there's lots of fun memes you can look up online of somebody imagining and like getting all excited for the Nintendo Direct and thinking about Pokemon stars and somebody just comes out and takes it away and gives them the ultra the person just like walks away all disappointed um so but no, I, it, it may be good no i didn't get a chance to watch the nintendo direct um but there these ultra versions are coming to the 3ds and not the switch right 
Yes, yes. I'm glad you yeah. clarified that. They, well, they're coming to the 3DS, not the Switch. Yeah, and I find that disappointing because, you know, I, I picked up Blue as a kid. Blew my mind. Blastoise is the best Pokemon ever. Heads up. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I had not played in years. I played uh, Blue and I played Gold. And then I, I kind of just didn't have handhelds um, for the longest time. So I picked up a 3DS at some point to play... Um, I believe to play Ocarina of Time when they re-released that, and I was traveling a lot, so I wanted to have a handheld, which I love the 3DS. It's great. It's amazing. And uh, I remember picking up X, and it just blowing my mind uh, because, you know, the the graphics were so much better. Um, and it felt it felt like this huge leap in technology, and you had, like, I remember uh, I remember when Matt, I think you told me about mystery trading where you just picked a Pokemon, you randomly Wi-Fi traded with somebody. I was like, mm-hmm. it just it was amazing. And... Uh, I don't know. I know Nintendo, the whole idea behind the Switch is, you know, this portable that can be in the house and portable. And I just love to see, man, like a a really cool Switch Pokemon game. I'd love to see that. Um, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people would like to see that. Mm -hmm. And I'll be completely honest. I'm not surprised that we are not getting that so soon. Because the Switch hasn't been out very long. And if if there's going to be a Pokemon game on it, we want it to be incredible oh, and yeah. so i would actually be a little skeptical if they had came out with something so soon but um so tommy you you kind of talked about being excited about ultra sun and ultra moon tell me do you do you want kind of like the older versions how they did it where they add extra elements or do you want this to be like a sequel because they've done both in the past before where they've done like a sequel to I think Black and White. They did Black and White too. Um, are you wanting a sequel with a whole new story, kind of just going off the other one, or are you wanting kind of the more traditional? It's the same story with just a bunch of new elements added in. Honestly, I could kind of go either way, um, and this might reflect poorly on me. I don't really play Pokemon for the storyline. Mm-hmm. I just. Um... I, I think Y was the really the first time that when I picked it back up, it you know, I started really paying attention to the fact that there was kind of one there. There was an overall arc and theme outside of just, you know, got to catch them all, win the eight, mm-hmm. eight uh, gym badges and go off. And uh, I don't know. I Honestly, I don't really care. I'll buy it and play it anyways. Um, just give me the Pokemon. <laughs> right. And you know, you talking about that, I I think it's I think the reason we're like that is because we grew up with the games when we were a lot younger because you saying that I'm like, yeah, the old ones didn't even have a story and then I think back and I'm like, I guess they kind of did. And the original we were fighting Team Rocket, but I don't remember that. I just remember being, oh, I'm in the next town, where's the gym? Where's the next coolest Pokémon I can catch? So I remember that Team Rocket like dungeon place with like the teleporter pads in the original games and like oh, yeah. hating yeah. that as a kid. That was like oh, the yeah, hardest thing so I'd accomplished at whatever age that was. <laughs> oh yeah, and then and then after you got done, you'd go fight Sabrina, who was the gym of that town, and she had those in her gym, and you had to go through all of them to try to find the right teleporter to get to her. Ugh, such a pain. Mm. Okay, and then finally, the last thing that happened at the Nintendo Direct, which this is kind of this this just kind of speaks to where i'm at with these this was the thing i was most excited about is they're adding the original pokemon silver and gold to the um the online store the virtual console for the 3ds so you can now buy 
silver and gold and play it on your 3ds and i'm super excited about that and to be honest i didn't realize that they didn't have that on the virtual console so i don't know why it took them this this long to add it but i'm excited that they have added it because i know for me and i'm pretty sure for drew gold and silver was my favorite of all the generations and to this day it's probably still my favorite pokemon game oh yeah it was great i mean you beat the original game and then you go over and you have like i mean you beat like the gold and silver and then you go over and you get to beat the original game again it was awesome uh, now quick question though mentioning uh, virtual console yes. has nintendo fixed their horrible policy about like digital items because i knew for the longest time you buy a no. digital game like it's for the device not for the account yes. so like say your 3ds gets stolen or you buy a new one or you know they've got those really new slick 2ds's they just announced a while back that are pretty cool like do you like if i bought it today like i'd have to rebuy it is that how it still is um sort yes of. i believe so i believe that they still have it where it's pretty much on the the actual device yeah um, it's definitely device <clears throat> it's device locked but you can definitely transfer from device to device uh so say uh I mean, as long as yours is in good working order, Andrew, you bought a new one. Like, I'm going to buy that new uh, 2DS. I'd, I'm a fan. Um, and I've still got an old original 3DS copy. Um, and so uh, I'll be able to buy my new device and transfer all of the content to it. Um, but then it does this weird thing. Like, it, it puts a hold on your account for, like, seven or eight days, and you can't transfer it to another device in that time. Um, but as you're saying, if someone steals your, someone steals your 3DS or whatever, you're out of luck. Or if it just dies, right? I mean, I just, you know, I hate that because like, and and I guess, you know, we're almost 15 minutes in and we're still talking about Pokemon Nintendo, but I mean, I, it's such a Nintendo thing to do because like if it, every other company's figured out how to make this account bound. Um, you know, I've got these digital games I've bought and I can read, download them. You know, Apple's got it figured out, Sony, Microsoft, all these other guys. And I hate Nintendo, you know, ultimately shooting themselves in the foot to some degree by not having, I don't even think they've got that figured out for Switch. I think it's the same for the Switch as well now too. Um, and I, I hate that. I wish they could, I wish they could get that fixed. I feel like that's something holding a lot of people back from really diving in on Nintendo's products. Mm-hmm. I wonder though, cause all the companies you just named have revenue outside of one thing. And True. Nintendo just has video gaming. They have, you know, they have their console, and then they have the games. And but that's kind of, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, that's it. Like that's what they have. No, and right. so they're doing everything they can to protect their content and their their money. Like that is their that is their baby. They're gonna lock stock and just keep it as confined as they can. Which I kind of get, but as a consumer. It's a giant pain in our butt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I haven't thought that. You're right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there were rumors that the Switch was integrating something like that of having an account where everything is in that account. But from everything I've read, they're still using the just friend code system. Well, which, maybe they'll figure it out. Uh, I hope they do. I don't have a Switch yet. I will get one for sure. Um, I've gotten to play some a few times. I've got a Wii U, so I've been playing Breath of the Wild on it. It's amazing. Um, and switches are really impressive, um, so I hope I hope Nintendo keeps winning with it. I think you know some Pokemon games and some stuff in the future. I think I think they've got a bright future, especially if they implement some of that modern stuff and bring it up to the scanners. I know the new Arms game they've been promoting looks really fun. So 
I hope Nintendo does well. You know, like when I think of my childhood, I think of Nintendo in a lot of ways. And uh, my love of gaming and, and media and a lot of stuff comes from Nintendo. So I hope they do well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and who knows? Nintendo is going to E3's next week. So we might hear a lot more and maybe they'll integrate or they'll introduce something to fix some of the gripes we have. And if they do, we will be talking about it here on this podcast. So, uh, lots of fun Pokemon news. As you can tell, we all grew up on Pokemon. We all still enjoy Pokemon. So we're excited to see that. Um, excited to see what they come out in the future. All right, so moving on to our next news. So The Mummy has recently come out in theaters, and The Mummy is the beginning of what they are calling the Dark Universe. Basically, this is a full-size, in-continuity monster movie universe um, that they are now dubbing the Dark Universe, and The Mummy is the first one to start. Um, It's gotten, you know, pretty decent reviews. Uh, I don't think any of us have got a chance to see it, and I don't know when I'll find time to see it. But I am interested in this whole dark universe. It's movies like Mummy, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, The Monster of the Black Lagoon, all those classic monster movies um, that we grew up hearing about or from, you know, way back in the day. Uh, And so they're restarting it and it's going to be in this huge continuity. Um, What are y'all thoughts on just this this whole dark universe or the movie monster universe are y'all are y'all excited for it are you skeptical about it or do you just kind of not care so one thing uh, oh sorry sorry (laughs) i'm I'm not tommy but i'm drew but i'll talk so me and my wife actually just got back uh, a few minutes before we started recording from seeing wonder woman and i've not seen the mummy yet but they had a preview for it um it looked like you know high budget really impressive special effects um, definitely looked like it may be pretty good. I'd like to go see it. Um, I did read a review about it, though, and one of the things they said is one of the weaknesses this guy said, and Grant, I've not seen it. This is just someone's opinion. They said one of the weaknesses they've heard, and this is the only thing I've heard about it, is that it's just kind of shoving this idea of this dark universe down your throat throughout the whole movie. It's like it's it's so obsessed with making sure you know, hey, there are more movies coming, that it, it doesn't get some of the stuff the movie itself gets right. And now I've not seen it, and I don't know if that's true or not, but I would hate for that to be the case because I think one of the things that makes, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe work so well, and I guess that's the best thing to compare this idea to, um, is that, you know, the very first movie, Iron Man, the very end you get this little clip, and it's just a, just an idea of, there's this thing called the Avengers Initiative. And, um, you know, I... I don't know. We'd have to have a time machine and go back. I don't think Marvel really knew if that was going to even really work out. Like, I don't know if they really envisioned the MCU being what it is today uh, when they made that call. Um, But, you know, that was a subtle, easy way of kind of tying that in and creating this universe thing. Um, I just think movies nowadays, to some degree, they're just so obsessed with creating that that they sometimes miss the mark on the movie as a whole. I mean, Batman vs. Superman, I felt like, had some of those issues. Um, I, I definitely knew that it wasn't as bad once the movie came out, but I knew a lot of people were really worried about that before the movie came out when we kept hearing that like all these characters were going to be in it. Where like, The Flash is showing up in this movie. Wonder Woman's showing up in this movie. Why are we bringing all these characters in on this movie? And it didn't end up being as bad as a lot of people thought it was. But, you know, I think you've got to be focused on the movie itself first and then see if it's worth growing into something 
Um, as far as the dark universe and scary stuff goes, I mean, I don't know. It could work. Um, I think the MCU works well and the DC's universe works well because comic books kind of work that way, if that makes sense. Like, that's how comic books were written. They have these big events that come together, all these little off branches, and they come together for big stuff. Um, I don't know how Dracula and Frankenstein and the Mummy would do that, but maybe maybe it could work. I don't know. What do you think, Tommy? I'm, I'm slightly confused in the fact that... Um... I just feel like, to begin with, something like The Mummy is already kind of darker content to begin with. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I almost feel it's redundant to say, well, you know, here's the dark universe. I mean, it's already pretty pretty grim and bleak to begin with. What are you, like, what are you going to throw at this to make this worse? I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I enjoy... personally i enjoy kind of the more grim outlook um yeah i'm a pessimist to begin with so uh, i kind of relate more and i i don't know i don't always like a happy ending so i i enjoy the fact that dark universes typically explore an ulterior ending to what would typically be found and um i don't know just a commonplace happy-go-lucky run-of-the-mill story but um well, I'm just going to repeat again. I feel like saying the mummy is in a dark universe is just really redundant. Yeah, my thought on it is, you know, these old classic movies, I'm fine with them remaking them because they may be good or they may never be as good as the classics. That's just what happens with classics. But I don't really... I don't, I don't buy why they're doing a combined universe. Yeah. Well, let me back up. I understand why they're doing a combined universe because everyone's doing it because the MCU is so successful. The, you know, Fast and Furious movies are on like their ninth movie or whatnot and they're successful. These, you know, going for the long run movies, whether you have a couple good or bad ones, you know, make money. And so I understand them doing that, but I don't, I don't understand how saying that the mummy and the Dracula movie and the the Frankenstein movie are in the same shared universe. I don't see what really you get out of that unless they're doing some goal of coming together. Like, it works for, you know, the Fast Fears, it works because it's a team always together. Um, You know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it works because they were going towards the Avengers. Same thing with the DCEU, they're going towards coming together but unless they're wanting to do some weird dark universe version of like the league of extraordinary gentlemen and maybe they're going to try to make a good version of that i i just don't see why they're doing it outside of wanting to make money all right so i have a question here um and i have probably missed something along the way in life are you telling me that they are trying to tie tom cruise's mummy in with dracula Frankenstein. Yeah. Like, literally. This is the MCU kind of this shared universe that all these movies that are about to come out after The Mummy that are going to be in this dark universe are in continuity movies. And and they're calling it the dark universe. Like, that's what they're literally calling it. So, I'll be honest, it's also news to me that they're even making a Dracula and Frankenstein movie. Well, yes. Yeah, so supposedly the Dracula Untold movie that came out a couple years ago oh, that gosh. didn't do really well, supposedly that was technically supposed to be the, the start of this 
dark universe but since it tanked um this movie is actually the spearhead of it and i think in the movie it introduced like this society that you know protects everyone from evil and it's supposed to be linking everything together are they of extraordinary gentleman standards <laughs> i'm sorry it just sounds well, like that <laughs> to give you an idea and it's it, it sounds like it's not going to matter if we spoil some things to each other but to give you an idea the person in charge of this in the movie the person in charge of this society that is you know protecting and looking after all these extra weird things is uh played by russell crowe and he is um uh jekyll and hyde he is dr jekyll so in the mummy dr jekyll and mr hyde are introduced if that gives you an idea of what they're doing in these movies i just feel like this is a and again i haven't seen the movie and and maybe i need to give it some discredit maybe we're just all too disheartened i just don't see how it's going to end up working well and it just seems like a cash grab it seems like you know it we were sitting in the theater tonight and we had a preview for the the next transformer movie that's like got king arthur in it or something weird um and like you know i have this saying is that there'll always be a fast and furious movie and there'll always be a transformer movie even though we don't necessarily want a fast and furious movie or a transformers movie um and i just don't i don't know i don't get it i just I wish, and I think this probably echoes all of us, I wish we could see some new original ideas. Or even if we are going to do Dracula and A Mummy and some other stuff, let's just do a fresh slate with something that's a little more original idea. This just seems like a mashup of some ideas that they've tried before that didn't really quite work, so now they're going to rework it a little bit. And I don't know. I just I have, a, I have a hard time buying into that. So I, I want to kind of go back and amend my my answer to this question because I I feel really uninformed now and that everything that I said about ten minutes ago um, holds no water. Uh, and I mean, it, it made sense to me, but well, I mean, it I, made sense in my mind, but I had no clue what was going on. Evidently, I thought I did in my mind. I'm I was, sorry that I didn't explain it well <laughs> enough. That's on me. Well, but but we know now. We know, and I'm sure yes. more people are informed. I'm really bad. It's funny to to be in the industry. I really am bad at keeping up with the news of things. Um, but now that you've explained what the dark universe is. I'm I'm sad. I'm disheartened. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I hate it. Like I just I don't. I'm. I get it. Studios mm. are here to make money. That's exactly what they're here to do. They're just going to find the things that can make them the most profit at the end of the day, and that's fine. I guess this mm. is their cash cow. Mm-hmm. Well, but, you know when it when they first announced it. I had some friends who were excited because they were just like, yeah, they're going back and they're making all these awesome movies and stuff. And I'm down with that. But the little bit I've read and the little bit I've seen from trailers is it seems like they're trying to bring these all together. And one, like Drew said, one of the one reviews I read said, you know, this had the potential to be a really good mummy movie, but they focused so much on making sure you knew that more stuff was coming after this that it kind of ruins it towards the end, yeah, which is a bummer. that's what I've heard. The only thing I've heard is it, it just it beats you over the head. It's not this subtle, like, tag-on that there's more to this world than appears in this one little movie. Uh, it's just, like, constantly being like, hey, by the way, there's going to be more movies coming. Hey, by the way, there are more evil things out there and stuff like that. Uh, which on paper doesn't sound like a terrible idea, but you know, execution. I mean, in films, you know, a good idea can be ruined by poor execution, real easy. Um, I, I so. miss mm-hmm. subtlety. I uh, 
you know, it's a completely different medium here, but I remember growing up reading books by Ted Decker and about like five or six books into it, you discover that all of these books exist in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And there was never necessarily a build up to one or the other, but there was one book that would tie in like each other book would have this random scenario a glimpse of a person who shouldn't be there or whatever like there was just these moments that felt out of place would catch the character off guard and that was it and then a couple books down the line there's a book that tied all of those moments into a different story and then kind of just full circled that universe and I really appreciated that because I I don't need an hour and a half a build up for next summer's movie release which is going to just be another hour and a half build up yeah. for mm-hmm. next month's movie I'll be honest that's why I hate Marvel that's one of the reasons I hate Marvel there's no suspension of disbelief for me and it just feels like it's an advertisement for the next movie Mm -hmm. i think and it's interesting you brought up marvel i was going to actually use them as an example of you talking about subtlety because that's something they've gotten a little bit away from because i can remember in the first yeah man i think it was the first iron man movie yeah i think i think the post-credit scene when um general ross comes up to talk to tony stark about it i think one of the things they said and it might not be in that movie is they meant he mentions experimenting with stuff them experimenting with different things back in World War II. And the way it's said, it's super subtle, and it's just kind of, there's some other lines said about it, but it doesn't really reveal anything. But, like, it's super subtle because if you think about it, you're like, holy crap, they were talking about Captain America back in the very first Marvel movie, but they didn't have to, like, bash it over your head and say it. Like, now, they, if they won't, like, now if they wanted to let you know that the movie, like, a character's going to be in it, they're bashing it over your head, like, six movies in. Prime example, Thanos, the bad guy, the big bad guy that's coming eventually for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has been teased all the way back in the first Avengers and has almost been teased in every movie since. We know he's the bad guy, and he's, we just keep getting teased back and forth that, oh, don't forget this character's coming. So there's no subtlety in that anymore either. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, you know, sometimes it takes a couple movies for them to figure out what they're doing. Maybe the next one will be better and they'll you know i always have hope that they take what the fans say and you know take some of it and go that's a good idea let's do that and also take some and go that's a terrible idea the fans just need to shut up they don't know what to talk about because sometimes we don't know what we're talking yep, about you know, we're not all professionals so yeah interesting stuff we'll see what happens in the future and you know i might check out the mummy it looks interesting and maybe we'll have a better idea Speaking of this whole dark universe, um, supposedly there is a potential lawsuit in the works between um, Warner Brothers and uh, whoever's doing this dark universe, and because supposedly uh, they have the rights to the the, the quote unquote dark universe for their Justice League dark movie that we're supposed to be getting here in the next in the near future. Um, there's not a lot of information, and most likely this won't really become a thing because most people know the Justice League Dark Universe stuff as called Justice League Dark, but supposedly they may call it Dark Universe, and um, so this may be, may be something you'll see more them talking about in the future. To be honest, I think the only reason that they're 
holding on to trying to hold on to this whole dark universe for the Justice League side is they're holding they're waiting to see if the Justice League is successful and if it is they're going to call the Justice League dark. But if Justice League isn't as successful as they want, they're probably going to want to try to calling it the dark universe. At least that's my thought on it. Not really a lot knowing about it and to be honest, it probably won't even become a thing. But um, no, we're talking about a live-action Justice League Dark, right? Not yes, we are talking about in the DCEU, the live-action uh, movies universe, uh, doing a Justice League Dark. They have recently done call, and it's called Justice League Dark, an animated yeah, movie. Yeah, and that's and what I was the, kind of thinking about with Susan saw Justice League Dark. Is that anime? It had Constantine in it and Zatanna and some other like, yes, it's, magical element kind of things. Yeah, Justice League Dark is a comic book that is a, a team of the heroes that are deal with the more uh, magical and the darker side of the universe. So we see Constantine and a character called Zatanna. We usually get to see um, Dead Man and some of these other characters that you don't of- often see in the front, but because they're usually doing the darker, scarier, magical stuff. It's really good. A lot of people like the Justice League Dark stuff, but since it connects to the Dark Universe, which we were just talking about, I thought I'd bring it up and let y'all know because there's supposedly been a Justice League Dark movie in the works for quite a while, um, but it just hasn't got off its feet. I believe Guillermo del Toro was going to do it, and he decided to do the first Pacific Rim movie, which I don't hate. I'm okay with I that. that movie. So Love me and some Pacific Rim. Supposedly, recently it came down to him doing that or doing a sequel to Pacific Rim, and he's doing a sequel to Pacific Rim. So, we are getting it. It just might be a little while, so we'll see about that. We should right. definitely then, do an episode on Pacific Rim. Side note, sorry, keep going. That'd be that'd be fun. Those those dumb kid those dumb movies that we still love. Yeah, yeah. Um. So our last bit of news, very sad news, is Adam West died as of today, the day we're recording this. He died at 88. Um, he lost the battle uh, to leuke- leukemia. Super sad. He was the 60s Batman, and for a lot of people, he was Batman. And um, I know I have some good friends who absolutely love 60s Batman and all of its cheesy glory. And so, really sad. Um, I was real sad to get on Facebook and see that today. But um, speaking, but but you know talking about adam west and he's best known for his 60s batman and a lot of people think it's cheesy because it was it i mean it was super cheesy and there's this like weird gap where if you're a kid you love it because it's really geared for the kids and then you hit this like phase where you think it's really dumb and then somewhere when you get older you start to love it again and i'm just now getting to that point where i'm like okay 60s batman is awesome so 60s batman is thing is something that you know people love and uh it's it's a lot of people's childhood so that kind of inspired our topic of the day that we're about to jump into which is um these shows that we watched when we were growing up and what were these the the first few shows we can think of that we absolutely loved growing up and we're going to kind of list them off and we're going to talk about them and see you know are they still great are these these shows that we looking back we go gosh i can't believe i watched this this is so cheesy and whatnot or you know is it still is it still hold up is it still awesome and so each of us have made picked out a couple lists and um who wants to go first anybody do you want me to go now, now, quick question are we just like listing off a few or is there a number you have in mind or, or? um 
it it doesn't necessarily matter. I've got uh I've got four or five, um, but y'all might only have a couple, so we can just go back and forth, and then you know if you've got extras or if you think of something, you can add it, and we can just throw it in towards the end. So I, I can start us off since I've got a couple. Um, start us off, bro. Okay All right. So the very first movie, or it's not a movie, it's a television show, that is my childhood. When I think of my childhood, I think of growing up. This is the show that I absolutely love, and it is Batman the Animated Series. I loved Batman the Animated Series. It's the reason the Batman is pretty much my favorite superhero. I had all the toys. I watched it. It's it's the reason I'm a little bit of a... Well, no, it is the reason I'm more of a fanboy with DC than Marvel. Um, and But I just absolutely love it. And the best part is, it still holds up and is still one of one of the best cartoons ever really made. And tons of people follow it and stuff. And I just love it. I know Drew, you watched it oh, when yeah. you were kids growing up. Um, yeah, it's the, great. It's for, so good. For the longest time, like the animated series, especially when I was a kid, and this is probably true for you, that would definitely be on my list as well. Um, I don't know about you, Tommy, but like for the longest time that was what batman was for me like before i ever started reading comics or anything else like i got introduced to this whole world of you know the batman family and uh oh, it's just so good it does hold up really mm-hmm. well i i, I rewatched some of that and some of the justice league animated series and uh it's just really good like it holds mm-hmm. up still um, and you know, maybe part of it's now that I'm a little older is I do love DC so much and, uh, all these great stuff and Batman is just such probably my favorite superhero. Um, but yeah, it holds up great. It does. And, and I, you know, what's cool about the Batman animated series is it, um, it kind of really kicked off in my memory, the first, you know, combined universe there was, I'm sure there was, I know there was other ones and stuff, but from, the beginning of Batman the Animated Series, um, you've, it starts out, you've got this noir-style, darker, you know, cartoon, but then towards the end, they shift to a little bit lighter. They start introducing Batgirl and Robin and my favorite character, Nightwing, and these are where I learned all these characters, and from that, we also got, you know, Superman the Animated Series. We eventually got Batman Beyond, which is fantastic. And then we got Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And all these shows were in the same continuity. And that's super cool to look back and see that. Um, I think Static Shock also was in that Static same universe. Static Shock, yeah. Yeah. And so super cool to go back and look at the, all the shows connected to me and my, and my memories. because And they all were in the same universe. And it's just super good. And I, I especially loved when... You know, I love the old noir style one, but I especially like the last couple seasons when it shifts to, um, and I think it they, that's when they started calling it the animated Adventures of Batman or something. I'm not quite sure, but that's when they introduced Tim Drake, Robin, and Batgirl, and Dick Grayson as Nightwing, and that was the first time that I got to see these characters, and I was like, these are so, this is so cool, and all this other stuff. So that is 100% my number one favorite show growing up as a kid. So, Tommy, give me one of yours. So, uh, we didn't have cable or satellite or anything growing up. Um, I think we had like two channels. Uh, and so I didn't really watch a whole lot of TV, um, unless I went to a friend's house. But I'd say the, um, probably the 
two. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lump both these together. Um, because okay. one I watched right before I went to school, and one always came on right as I got home from school. Uh, but Pokemon and Power Rangers both <laughs> yeah. really defined uh my childhood. And I'd always I'd wake up early enough to watch Pokemon, eat my Pop Tart, and then run to get to school on time. And then when I got home from school, uh. I would shirk a little bit of homework and watch Power Rangers. You know, it's interesting you bring up Pokemon because I was thinking about, especially this conversation we've been kind of having with this whole universe continuity and even Batman anime series saying that, you know, like Pokemon still has Ash Ketchum like today as the main character for the anime series. I think he's a vampire and he doesn't (laughs) age. Because, like, it's like he's in, like, the islands now for the new Pokemon game, but it's still just him, him and Pikachu, hanging out, same as when we were kids watching the TV show. It's wild. I still name all of my Pokemon character, like, con- like the handheld console characters, Ash. Like, I don't, like, it's just, it's just <laughs> really? yeah, it's, all of tradition. them. That's awesome. Man, Pokemon's a great one. I can remember, I can remember Drew got Pokemon Blue before I got Red. And I remember it was the same time the show came on, and I remember seeing the show before Drew and going, "Hey, you um, you know that game you're playing? Yeah, there's a cartoon of it now." And he was like, "What?" And then so we we were you know Pokemon was big in our household growing up, so that's that's a great one. And Power Rangers obviously is a great one, although you know we weren't allowed to watch allowed Power to watch Rangers it. always growing up. And looking back, I think it was because we were already kind of violent and always trying to fight each other yep. at our. Our mom didn't want us, you know, seeing, you know, wanting. I don't think they didn't wanted us fighting more, you know. Yeah, yeah. Side note it still podcast. doesn't mean I didn't watch it. Yeah, side <laughs> note podcast people. If you don't know, me and Matt are brothers, so that's what this is all about. Growing yes, up, yes, Matt and Drew are brothers. Fun facts. That's how I know he wore the Legend of Zelda beanie. This is true. That may or may not be a true fact. So you know, we we didn't right. live in the same household, but uh, my parents had a rule. I think. Shortly after the Power Rangers movie came out back in the day, like I couldn't watch it after that, so I always snuck over to Aww. my friend's house. And uh... yeah, we we still watched it. Oh yeah. Same thing with Dragon Ball Z. Technically, weren't supposed to watch that. Still same watch here, episode. but that came on at midnight. My parents peaced out at like nine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Drew. What's one of yours? Okay, so you know. When I thought about this, it took me a minute, and the reason why was because I realized, you know, television watching habits are so different now as I'm an adult, and kind of now we have, like, this binge-watching entire seasons, or you can even download entire seasons to watch, uh, versus I was trying to think about shows I never missed, and the one that kept coming back to my mind was um, was Gundam Wing. Um, I loved Gundam Wing. I think it's because I just loved giant robots. But honestly, anything that came on Toonami, like the original Toonami, um, Dragon Ball Z, Gundam Wing, all that stuff, uh, was just so good. And I loved it so much. Uh, I mean, who who doesn't, as like a, a kid, not love giant robots? And I'm sure they are certain people. But for me, like a giant robot, you just can't beat it. I love Gundam. And you know, looking back on it now, the, the older I get, there, there's, sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't know. So there's there's some like pretty heavy politics happening in these shows that I'd never picked up on. But uh, man, yeah, Gundam Wing really definitely was it for me. I love that show. Still do. Yes, Gundam Wing 
same for me is what solidified my love of giant robot mech animes and cartoons that and you're right you know if you go back and watch some of these even the newer ones there's there's a lot of ethical uh dilemmas and you know real world problems being presented in these cartoons and you know especially gundam wing going back and watching gundam wing the they came out with a movie for it called endless waltz and all i remember from endless waltz was the epic mech battles and going and watching it as an adult like there's not that much fighting in it there's a lot of like politics and there's like a coup d'etat and all this other stuff going on with the military and it's like super ethical and interesting and it's like i watched this as a kid this is, this is so interesting and thought it was awesome and thought it still thinks it's awesome so good well you know that's that's something interesting about a lot of these shows like i think about dragon ball z like as a kid i just ate up dragon ball z during the whole frieza saga like i didn't i mean i think i watched a little bit after that but like that's dragon ball z to me like on namek trying to beat frieza when goku went super saiyan it was awesome but like you know there were like five episodes that goku did nothing but just hold a spirit bomb above his head and like <laughs> watching it as i'm an adult now i'm just like there's so much like dead time this is could be done so much better than it is I'm saving so much on animation because they're not oh, moving. Yeah. that's exactly it's just ah oh <laughs> it's literally what it is <laughs> i think i think i saw someone on youtube had clipped down like all of dragon yeah. ball z significantly shorter if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. it's a couple Funimation employees, because um, a buddy of mine got me hooked on it, and I, I remember crashing on his couch a couple months ago for for a day or two and just binging uh, what would have been like a hundred episodes in like twelve. Oh yeah, I believe, um, and it, this might be what y'all are talking about. There's a um, there's one called Dragon Ball Z Kai, and I believe that is you know it's the animation's not much newer it's just cleaned up a little bit but it is the original few sagas um with all the filler episodes taken out and a lot of the extra long pointless yelling taken out so it condenses everything down and it's really good from what i've seen i've seen an episode or two um it's just cleaned up because if you go back and look at those old 90s because it you know it was you know it had been out for a while in japan and so by the time it got over here it it wasn't something new and you go back and look at it now that animation compared to newer animation is looks pretty old i mean it still holds up well but so kai dragon ball z kai i think cleans that up a little bit and you know we're i'm wanting to do sometime soon an an entire anime episode because um we all dabble in it here there sometimes and drew bringing up toonami Tsunami is really one of the things that really promoted anime and pushed anime forward in the late 90s and early 2000s and and uh, that was kind of the boom of it becoming popular here over here in the west and kind of what got it started so it's kind of a cool historical thing to look into and stuff so. side note funny fact while I was looking up about this Tsunami is like the, they put the word tune and tsunami together to make Toonami, which I did not know that. I just, uh, Matt mentioned he thought it was like anime, like Toon anime, kind of mentioning that, but evidently that was the general idea. It was like this tidal wave of animated shows that people had never seen before, which I thought was clever. Learn something new every day. I'm, I'm wondering how many people are listening to this going, duh. Everybody yeah, yeah. knew that. <laughs> we didn't know that. I, like I said, I always thought it was Toon and Ami, like taking part of anime. So it was Toon anime, because it was on Cartoon Network. So I thought that was 
them just kind of combining the two. But. Does anyone remember the little robot's name on Toonami, by the way? I just remember him on the ship. Um, Which one? Uh, the, the original host. one. Like I, all, I of, <laughs> all of Toonami I remember is like the original ship, and then they did like the upgraded ship, and I remember that. Yeah. But that's all they I had remember. A whole, like, Wasn't he had a whole like, getting, mini like, series? Yeah, he kept getting like wiped out by viruses or something every season. Yeah, or, yeah something like that. It was really cool. I, I think Tsunami's still name. going on too, which is, is Tsunami cool. is still going on on Cartoon Network. The problem is, it's from like midnight to five a.m. on Saturdays, so it's, it's Saturday nights, like Sunday early Sunday morning. It's like really inconvenient time. So unless you're just going to stay up super late, which you know, love some anime, but I'll just look it up online. I still don't have cable, know. so that too. You know, I have no cable either, so. All right, so let me share another one. Um, this one, most of mine are cartoons, I'll be honest. Um, you know, this can this topic can range from our childhood, you know, to our teenage years or whatnot, but my mind just always goes back, went back to those shows that I just remember vividly. And uh, this is the only movie that's not a cartoon on my list, and it is the movie Hook. Oh, man. Do either oh, of y'all remember man. Hook? I love it that. It had Robin Williams... And it was literally Peter Pan, but it was him as an adult. So the whole premise of Hook is Peter Pan left Netherland and grew up, and grew up, and he became an adult. And Hook showed up and basically kidnapped his kids, and he doesn't remember being Peter Pan, and so he has to go back to Neverland and remember everything and learn how to fly and all this other stuff. And all the Lost Boys are there, and they don't trust them because now Peter Pan's become an adult. And it's it's such kind of a silly premise saying it aloud but i absolutely love that movie and it's just one it's got robin williams as the main character and he's just fantastic in it and you know i think it still holds up you know i saw it you know a year or two ago and i very much think it still holds up and it's it's so good and if you've never checked it out it's just called hook and it's it's really good Did, did you did you watch it tommy countless countless times uh that's awesome i mean Rufio was... Rufio! All I was going to say is Bangarang. That's all you need, guys. (laughs) Bangarang. Oh, man. Fun fact, and I don't know if y'all... It's it's interesting, you know, hearing some of these because I'm I'm afraid that some of my other ones on my list are going to hit that. There's a little bit of an age gap between us. It's not, it's not significant enough to really matter at all, but there's just a couple years between me and Tommy and a year or two between me and Drew... Um, or we're right in between there, but it's just enough to make some of these shows where we might not, we may have missed it based on where we were. And so y'all might not know this, but have y'all ever heard of the show, um, Avatar, the last airbender? Oh yeah. Okay. So y'all know that I, I I figured y'all did, but you know, um, the actor who played Rufio and hook is the same guy who voice acted Prince Zuko. And if you ever listen to them side by side, it's like super noticeable. It's so super cool that Rufio, you know, is like a voice actor now, or that guy. It's not his real name, but I will always call him Rufio. <laughs> you see him on the streets, yeah. you just shout out, Rufio! 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 Oh! oh, I'm sorry, Prince Zuko, my bad. You know, I'm sure the actor would probably hate that, but if, if that was me and He's... everyone just started chanting Rufio, like that would make my day. I don't know. He seems like a good sport. Like I've seen some like interviews with him before. He, I feel like he'd be like totally cool with it. Well, speaking of um, Adam West, I, I imagine it's it's probably the same thing. It kind of ebbs and flows, and at some point, 
they hate it because it's it's uh, almost becomes the bane of their existence and then they if finally embrace it and then realize yeah. that this iconic character that they once were has either typecasted them for life or has just ruined their career forever and their mental stability um, I mean, shoot! Look at the guy who played Anakin for Star Wars Episode oh, One. Poor kid. I know. Like, I mean, I don't uh, feel bad for him. No, this is pod racing. Nope, don't feel bad for him. I don't know, man. Uh, like, he. I, I guess I remember him talking Lucas about every time. Well, yeah, but like he talked about like every time he went to like Walmart or put like any time he was out in public, every single time he would just hear a kid go, like they're powering on a lightsaber. And while that's really cool, and for the first couple times would be awesome, after the millionth time, yeah, <laughs> I bet you just want a real lightsaber so you can beat the tar out of that child. Well, that's probably where Harrison Ford's at. I, I will give him this. Like, I mean, Harrison, you're saying you know you just embrace it, or you just get real bitter like Harrison Ford about the whole thing. <laughs> so, um, but but I, I will say, I guess Stars fans are a whole different breed. Like, they're a bit unrelenting. Like they will not Eccentric. let. Yeah. Good example of that is um, Emma Watson. Supposedly, and I don't know if this is true. This sounds too amazing to be true. When she went to college, she answered a question in like a huge super slow class and got a question right, and somebody yelled from the back, 10 points for Gryffindor." <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, she was not a fan. But I, I hope that story is true. I would have but... laughed so hard. I know. Like I would have. I would have died. I mean. Now you can only pull that stunt once, though. Like that is oh, yeah, that no. is a trump card that you can only use at one point. You do it again, and just everyone hates you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Tommy shared his too, um, and f- and Tommy, feel free if you think of something while com- oh, while, while we're I've talking. Got one. Please, I've, please. I've oh, got you got one. one? Okay. But, but I don't we'll, we'll do Drew, and then we'll do you. Okay. What's another one you got, Drew? All right, okay. So this one. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead, Tommy. <laughs> I I cut, cut you off earlier, so you go for it. Now, I'm, I feel like I've been dominating the conversation on this one. I'm really hyped up on Mountain Dew. I'll keep it short. Get, I'll keep it short. You get hyped. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, man. Yes. Both the cartoon and the live action movies. That oh, was my jam. I forgot about the live action How movies. Those were so good. Oh, my God. As a kid, Splinter was. Not Splinter, sorry. Who's the bad guy? Shredder. Shredder was Shredder. genuinely terrifying in one of those live-action movies to me as a kid. Yeah, I do remember that. I was it actually was more terrifying. afraid of Splinter. Well, um, I don't know. Giant the, giant, the giant talking rat who looked like he could chew your face off at any moment. <laughs> he probably Just... could. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, I love the, the old cartoon, but I completely forgot about the movies. and that My favorite one was the second one. When um, I can't remember what their names are, but but Splinter used the ooze to to turn the like, uh, the I don't even remember what like the the pig and the um oh um, it was supposed to be Wolverine I'm not sure but they turned two of them into uh into the the monsters to fight them they weren't the same ones from the old cartoon or the comic but they were something new for the movies but I just remember the second one the mystery of the ooze it was so good quick question did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles start off as a TV show or a comic. Does anyone know? Um, my first experience was the TV show. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I remember. And that the, seems like a cartoon. crazy '90s idea. Let's do this. This will work. Oh, that's I think probably it right. Was. 
I bought a comic recently, which is Batman, like the Batman animated Batman from my childhood and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles together. And it was amazing. It's so good. It's like this whole, like, DC's doing all these, like, weird little side, you know, together. They also did Justice League and the Power Rangers together. And I haven't read that one, but, like, they have, they're doing all these fun spinoffs and they're so much fun. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are so good. So disappointed in the movies, the new movies. We won't even, won't even die Michael that. Bay. <laughs> Michael Bay just continues to ruin our childhoods. <laughs> <laughs> He, be- he better not. He better not go near the live-action Lion King remake. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's coming, bro. All right, Drew. What, what's another one of yours? All right, so there are these like three that came to mind, and they're kind of all in the same realm. But okay, go for it, then. hang with me, though. All right. So when I was a kid, I remember loving Ducktales, Darkwing oh, Duck, yes. and Tailspin. Oh, um, do y'all man. remember those? Yeah. Right, so Darkwing Dun, Duck Dun. was was like uh, the superhero duck guy. Those trouble you, call DW. Yeah, yeah. Darkwing Duck. Duck. That, yeah, and then Telspin was the one where dangerous. Baloo was like a pilot of some kind of like like airship. Yeah, or, like a. Oh yeah. I don't remember what the, and, the plane and was. And Con- it was all the Jungle Book yeah, it was characters. All the jungle and Shere Khan was like a businessman, like an evil businessman. That sounds stuff. right. Like, it's it was so much better than the Jungle Book was actually. Um, it was. I don't remember hard. anything about the Jungle Book, but Telspin was awesome, and then Ducktales was just awesome. Like, by the way, I'm pretty sure you can't jump into gold without dying. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was watching Family Guy or something the other day, and I think I think it was Family Guy. Peter's yeah. like got this huge gold ball, he jumps and just breaks all his bones. Like, gold is not a liquid. Gold Very is true. solid. Um, Fun fact that. about Ducktales specifically, they're doing they're doing a remake of it. Um, I think Disney, yeah, it is Disney because those are Disney characters. But they're doing a um, new animated, you know, version of that, just an updated version. Um, and I saw the trailer for it on Facebook a while back. This is this has been out for a little bit. I don't think it started yet, but the trailer looks fantastic. So if you it it, it seems like it captures the spirit of the original, and so I'm super excited to see what that's going to be like so you should definitely check that out yeah. while since we're talking about i just that. i just think that like those three shows and there were some other ones that disney had during that time that were kind of like those they took their animated properties from other things and kind of reworked them in a little bit different ways were just so much fun like mm-hmm. i can't tell you a- any stories off the top of my head but i just remember as a kid loving every minute of it and thinking it was so fun um, and even looking at, like, the artwork, I've got some of the artwork pulled up right now. Like, it just looks so... I want to go watch some now. Like, I may do that this weekend. Like, I may just watch some more <laughs> more, more DuckTales. Mm-hmm. Check it out. But those are some, like, when I was a kid, like, oh, man, love me some DuckTales. No, you're right. And you're talking about Disney doing these. They, they had, I'm pretty sure they had a series for everything because I can vividly remember there being a young Hercules cartoon based on the cartoon mm-hmm. of Hercules. And where he was in high school. And then there was um, uh, Rescue Rangers, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I remember that. Yes. That was awesome. Oh, I love Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, and so another good. one that's kind of in that vein, I think this is a little bit later, was... Um, do you remember Gargoyles? That was another Disney Yeah, That was awesome. Gargoyles was super cool. That was another one that, I had to that's... sneak to a friend's house to watch. I just really want that... the new Kingdom Hearts to have all that in it now. I just decided that right now. <laughs> If that ever comes out, I want a tell spin level. 
Mm. Yeah, I don't know if there'd be a tailspin. You had Chip and Dell as you're working on your ship. I remember that's the true. Game. Um, that's the other one. I remember somebody had told made the joke to me once whenever uh, Michael Bay did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and somebody t- looked at me and said, "I swear, if he tries to make a live action Gargoyles movies, I'm gonna freak." Man, and I, I forgot about like, they did. A, <laughs> they oh, did man, a. Uh, be... Oh, they did do that. Was that the one where what's her name was uh, April O'Neil? Yeah, uh, Megan Fox. Yeah, I never watched that. I just decided I didn't want to ruin that part of my childhood. It, nope. Yeah, it's one of those, somebody had told me, if you go in just realizing that it's a movie made for kids, it's not that bad. And I'm just like, but I was a kid when these came out, and I don't want to ruin Tarnish I what I remember. Standards. Yeah, I have standards. Look, I love going to kids' movies all the time, and I never have to tell myself that. Oh, like that's, that, true. That's, that's true. All right, my next one um, is another, my other movie I have on my list, which is a super obvious one if, if for those who know me, but The Lion King was my hands-down favorite movie as a kid, and to this day is my favorite Disney movie. So spoiler, if we ever do a top 10 Disney movies, that's my number one is The Lion King, hands-down. It's just amazing. And then when I got older, I realized, realized that it's literally Hamlet just being told from Lion's perspectives. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I know you. I, I know y'all seen it. Like everyone's seen it. If yeah. you haven't seen the Lion King, I'm gonna be devastated, and I'm gonna make you sit nope, down. Nobody's and watch not it. seen the Lion King. My favorite. One of my favorite podcasts I listened to is a couple of Australian guys, and um, one of them was doing his top five Disney movies for the other one, and it included like Lion King and Aladdin and um like two other like well-known ones and dude hadn't seen any of them and i was just like how on earth it was so it made me so sad but it was also really entertaining because he you gotta you get to see somebody with a complete perspective different perspective who's never seen them so he definitely cried right like when mufasa dies spoilers no i don't think i don't think he ever i don't think he ever watched it i think the after the list it was it was one of those he was going to pick one of those to um to watch and i think he picked something else to watch but all right i, I got two more does anybody else have any ones they want to add or can... i've uh, i'm gonna jump in here i've got one last one i want to add and this was pivotal for me in a lot of ways uh apollo 13 mm. did not see uh, that coming but that's awesome not did tell not me why i'm really intrigued now so uh but because failure is not an option drew that's <laughs> <laughs> So it's a well-known fact that sci-fi and space films are my all-time favorite, and I really give credit to Apollo 13 for that. Um, and now it is a well-known fact on this podcast that sci-fi is yes. big with Tommy. Sci-fi and space. Huge, huge. Um, I've always had a, a huge affinity for just space and the stars and that kind of stuff. And um, I remember going to space camp when I was a kid and I lived in New Mexico. Well, I mean, it wasn't the space camp that you like to think it is where you like get to go like do really cool things. Like I think we made a paper mache moon and somebody brought <laughs> some um, some early That's robot neat. prototypes that were, I mean, this, it was amazing because it was uh, some of uh, these robots that could like think for themselves and avoid obstacles and stuff. And I think we probably watched Apollo 13 once a week. Um, mm. And that still stands as probably one of my top top five, if not top three favorite movies of all time. 
Hmm. Um, just it, it's beautiful. It's well done. Uh, to just think about the few men and women who have really gotten to see a different side of the world. Mm. That's cool. We got real real inspirational, man. That was beautiful. (laughs) Real deep. (laughs) My my last two are just cartoons. Gosh. (laughs) Tell us what inspired you as a child to become the man (laughs) you are today. (laughs) Well... well, Uh, did you have another one, Drew? No, I was just hoping you were going to say something epic. Oh, there. Right. No, I don't have anything epic, but I do have my last two cartoons, which kind of go together and are fantastic. And I don't know if either of you watched them, but they're great. So the first one is Rocket Power. Yes. Rocket Power was a cartoon about four kids growing up, you know, at the beach, and they just they skateboarded, they rollerbladed, they biked, they just did all things all kinds of cool things outdoors and all this other stuff and you know it it was it was really cool as a kid to see these things because these these were the things i was into at the time so i it was just a really good show loved it you've never checked out rocket power it's amazing and then similar to rocket power but completely you know further over the top as a kid was a show on cartoon network called codename kids next door (laughs) and do you remember that's true? Uh, isn't like there a ball-headed kid named number one? Is that what yes, I'm thinking? So everybody has a number. That it's it's like so. Codenamed Kids Next Door is there is a kids organization called the Kids Next Door, and they live in these giant tree houses behind like a house. Like you know when you think of a tree house behind the house, like you just have to go and type in Kids Next Door and look at the tree house because it's it's like way over the top than you think, and they have all these gadgets that they used to call two by four technology, which is them just stapling things together, duct taping them together to make weapons and ships and all this other stuff. And they were basically going on missions against the adults and the teenagers. And like when you turn 13, you got kicked out of the kids next door because you were a teenager and they had like mind racing devices and all this. And so like, it's super cool because it's all this over the top stuff. But then you look at it and you think, is all of this in their head? Because you can't ever really tell. They never really confirm whether or not this is all really happening or if this is all in their head. Because everything is 100% like looks real and the parents and adults are completely oblivious to it and whatnot. And it's, it was so great. And the characters are super fun. They all have numbers as their code code numbers and stuff. And number one's a bald kid and it's it's super great. It was one of my favorite shows ever. So that's it. That's our topic of the day, some of the shows that we grew up on and we absolutely love. So now we're going to close out the show. Um, normally we close out with our section called Binge Watching, which we talk about what we've been watching lately. Um, but since E3 is right around the corner, for us it literally starts tomorrow. Actually, it started tonight with one of the conferences, but it starts in the next couple of days, and we're going to be covering it in the next couple episodes. So we decided we wanted to end the show with maybe what some E3 predictions we have. And um, so does anybody want to start out? Drew, do you have any ideas? What's, what's some E3 predictions you have? So... I guess predictions slash like what I want to see. Like, all right, so here's some predictions. We're going to hear about Kingdom Hearts 3 and it'll never show up and we'll still be confused about the Lord <laughs> for all time. Um, 
You stole mine. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, The Last Guardian did finally come out, and uh, so and Final Fantasy XV came out finally. So, I mean, there's hope, after, I guess. After 10 years. After 10 years, yeah. Um, so E3, you know, I love E3. Um, I'm going to go one year, like especially now they've opened it to the public. I wish I could have made it work this year, maybe next year. Um, but So a few things I'm really interested in. EA's already had their press conference. I didn't really see anything. Uh, too out of the ordinary besides people on stage who shouldn't be doing public speaking because they're video game developers <laughs> man they struggle um but so here's what i'd like to see i'm excited about hearing what xbox has going on um, i'm an xbox guy um and uh i'm really intrigued to see what scorpio is going to look like um i really hope they keep pushing the envelope of, of pc and xbox gaming becoming more one thing um, I love I love what they've been doing so far with that, and I would love to see a prediction that, you know, maybe Scorpio is this PC for the living room. I mean, Microsoft has been talking about that for decades now. I mean, the first Xbox, more or less, was kind of a Trojan horse to get into the living rooms, and it was no secret when the first Xbox One launched that it was definitely, to a lot of people's kind of frustration, uh, kind of introduces this, like, media hub for the house um for the living room more than a gaming machine so i would be interested to see what that looks like and see if that's just going to be like basically a pc um you know outside of that i'll tell you one thing i'd love to see and we we talked about this a little bit beforehand i just want to see more co-op stuff um especially like couch co-op i know we've seen some stuff like that in the past i remember um me and my wife beat diablo 3 together sitting on the couch playing on the xbox and it was one of the funnest experience i've had and i just miss that that seems to be something that's evaporating split screen gaming like i grew i mean i cut my teeth on halo 3 playing split screen two or four ways with a bunch of guys in the room and if somebody sniped you you could literally reach over and punch them um <laughs> i mean I, I i miss that kind of stuff and i'd like to see some of that coming back um i love obviously online gaming i think it's awesome but uh you know, I'd like options, and uh, I'd like to see more of that. So, I don't know. That's that's it for me. Um, I don't know what else is going to happen. I hope we get some surprises. I would I would love to see some surprises, and I'd also love to see just some genuinely new ideas rather than this rehash. You know, that's happening in movies a lot. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, I'd like to see some mm. new IPs. I'd like to see some new game ideas. You know, I love Halo, but uh, give me another game. Um, I, I, I love some of these games, but instead of a sequel or a remake, let's see some fresh ideas. So that's me for mm-hmm. E3. I hope I hope I'm happy by the end of it and not frustrated. Gotcha. How about you, Tommy? Do you have anything that on your mind where like you want to see more of? Do you have any predictions that you just think, oh, this is gonna happen for sure, or anything you're like going off on a limb? This is gonna happen. Well, got anything? I don't have any genuine predictions. I don't. Um, I don't think that, you know, the next Halo 99 or something is going <laughs> to get released and I'll buy it and hate it all the same as I have with the last few. Um, I, I really just want to see an expanse in the technology department. Uh, I'm real excited about VR. Uh, I know a lot of people can feel that it's a gimmick. And while I do believe 3D TV was a huge gimmick, and VR might be a gimmick, but it's a gimmick that I thoroughly enjoy um and so i'd love to see vr be a little less clumsy 
I'd love to see it kind of go wireless. Um, but ultimately, what I'd love to hear at E3 is cross-platform play. Yeah. And I don't think mm. this will happen for a while. But Preach. even just... Uh, well, like, even just PC and Xbox gamers playing on the same servers would be mm. amazing. But if you if we could somehow get Xbox and PlayStation 4 and PC yeah. all to exist in the same server world... Um, I mean, it's not going to happen because that's how... I mean, I own an Xbox One and a PS4 because I play, you know, this game with my Xbox friends and this game with my PlayStation friends. And there's a couple games that I have on both consoles so I can play with my different sets of friends. And that habit gets really expensive, um, which is good for their pockets, bad for mine. Um, so I'd just I'd love to see technology bridge that gap a little bit, even if it's just Xbox and PC. I mean, come on, Microsoft owns Windows, or sorry, yeah, Microsoft owns Windows and owns Xbox. Let them talk. And to mm. expand on that, I would love to see one of these um, consoles kind of do what the N sixty four did a little bit, make some expansions that you can add to it. I'd love to see the Xbox turn into a miniature PC where later on you don't have to buy a, you know, you can, but you don't have to buy a whole new console. You can upgrade the graphics card or throw in a little bit more RAM or kind of mod it and make it your own and have different tiers of specs and stuff, which I know that they've got the S and Scorpio is probably about to come out and, you know... Uh, so I understand that there's already tiers in place, but I'd love a little bit more hands-on. But that might be the tech nerd in me who just wants to open up these boxes and stop voiding warranties. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Tommy, you do know, I don't know if you're familiar, like there are a handful of Xbox Windows crossplay games already out. I know Gears of War 4 and Halo Wars 2 and Forza, the Forza game that came out this past year, like you could play PC, Xbox, like against each other. So... I hope that signs that that's going to keep going because you know it's it's been cool to see that. Um, I want to see it happen even more. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I did. I think I'd heard somewhere in like the Netherworlds that Forza had it. I didn't realize New Gears of War did. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The hard part is is. I mean, I know a lot of people that play Forza. I'm not really into racing games, but I mean, if they could do with the new Battlefront. Yeah with this mm. uh i mean that would be amazing yes new battlefront we've learned a lot about it we'll be talking about that soon i'm excited all right so time for my predictions um what i want more than anything going off tommy is also crossplay. i went on this long tangent when i was on a friend's podcast about destiny 2 wanting crossplay, so i won't go into that tangent again but i've done research i just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon um microsoft did a bit bold move a year this past year i think it was or a year before and basically saying they won't we're open to it we want to do it and sony just kind of was like didn't really say anything they just were like well yeah if the third parties want to do it maybe it's something that can happen so they didn't really confirm nor deny it was something they would be on board for i just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon but my hopes would be 
them coming out and saying this specific game let it be something big like destiny 2 or battlefront 2 um be cross play between the consoles um i do think tommy uh, there is a better chance of it happening between uh the windows and um xbox version but the problem with that is for some of us most of us who have pcs play things on steam from what i understand True. right now if you buy a game on windows they're separate servers from the steam servers so which is really dumb to me but from what i understand if i bought you know something and drew you bought it on steam and i bought it on windows we wouldn't be able to play together even though we're both on pc i don't know if that's for everything but i did read i was reading about it recently so crossplay is my ultimate dream don't know if it'll happen i predict that microsoft is going to come out guns blazing they're going to pull out everything they have because one we know scorpio is coming out we know that's going to be big but microsoft's been really quiet and there's not a lot of games we know that microsoft has normally we go in with knowing that we're going to have some stuff but we know we're not going to see halo 6 this year and we don't we just got a gears of war so we're probably not going to get a gears of war so we don't really know what they're going to have so i i predict that we're going to see some um, brand new games that we haven't seen before probably really geared for the scorpio maybe a couple of them being exclusives because microsoft's definitely fallen behind on the exclusives game which i'm not a big fan of exclusives i kind of wish we just could get everything but whatever um so that's my predictions for um microsoft i think it's probably going to be a pretty fantastic conference um i predict that playstation's going to have a good conference because they always do um and i predict that they're going to pull something out of their hats that everybody's going to lose their ever-loving minds about and everyone's going to be like, Sony stole the show, Sony stole the show. And then when asked about it, they're going to be like, oh, we haven't even started making it yet. <laughs> looking at you, looking at you Final Fantasy VII from a couple years ago. Um, but, you know, Sony will still have a great show, and I'm sure there's going to be some really cool stuff for that. Outside that, I don't don't really know what else. Um, Nintendo, we're going to see some more about the Super Mario for the Switch. Um, they're probably going to pull out a couple new games. Who knows? Maybe we will get another Pokemon game. I doubt it, but maybe they'll wow us. And then my last prediction is I predict that part of Microsoft's show is they're going to talk about VR. Um, mm, I can see that. My, my predictions are either they're going to have their own VR set coming out or my hopes, and I don't know if this is the case, my hopes is it's going to be integrating more of the Oculus Rift. Because there's been a partnership with Oculus Rift because you get an Xbox controller when you buy one, and you can play, you can stream your Xbox games on Oculus, and it's really freaking cool. I've done it. It's so fun. So I'm hoping maybe there's some more integration with um, maybe the Scorpio with VR, or they're going to come out with their own VR headset to compete with PlayStation's VR. So, um, yeah, those are my predictions. Um, So far, the EA show was pretty good. I'm looking forward to the rest of the um, conferences. I always enjoy E3. It always gets me pumped for new games coming out. So we're definitely, for our next couple episodes, we're probably going to split it into two episodes um, unless we can manage to do it not in multiple hours, but I think it will probably be easier to split it up. So the next couple episodes, we're going to be talking about E3 and what's going on with that. So definitely check that out if you like E3, you like video games. Um, Guys, you got anything you want to add? 
I would love if Bethesda came out with like the next Elder Scrolls game. I don't think it'll happen, but man, that would make mm. me really happy. Sorry, that's all I have to add. That's what I was thinking when you were saying everything. I think Bethesda does is having a conference, and I'm oh, not they, quite they sure what they've got coming out. I just I don't think it's too soon. I, I do appreciate that Bethesda takes their time on their games. Um, I would mm. like to see that, but I'm excited. We'll see what happens. I'm real excited about X, uh, Microsoft's one tomorrow. I'll definitely be tuning into that. Likewise. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Check us out next time, and we'll talk to you later.